the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Lifeline with Craig Roberts. He's the host of Northern California's longest-running conservative talk show. He's a man with a message, a conservative with compassion. He's Lifeline's own Craig Roberts. Thank you kindly, sir. And he's here to say good afternoon and welcome. It is the fifth day of June. It's Wednesday. Hope you're having a great week so far. Got a great program planned for you tonight. Keep you company on your way home or wherever you might be headed on this Wednesday evening. Uh, Let me remind you, by the way, tomorrow, I know you've heard of this somewhere. Tomorrow is the 75th anniversary of D-Day, essentially the beginning of the end of World War II and uh, by far the most significant turning point in the war, at least in the European theater. We are hoping, if all goes as planned and the crick don't rise, to uh, have a special tribute to the men who bravely died on the shores at uh, beaches like uh, Normandy and uh, Utah and others. And um, in the conversation tomorrow, if all goes well, uh, Jonathan Sandys, the great-grandson of Winston Churchill, will join us on the program. And a special tribute coming up tomorrow on Lifeline, 5 o'clock right here on KFAX. You have no doubt Heard the talk. Maybe you've even seen some of these statistics, and they are sobering ones. America is in the throes of an opioid epidemic, so much so that nearly 2.14 million Americans today, in one form or another, abuse opioid medication. Now, to be sure, some are legitimate prescriptions. Many cases, of course, are not. Sadly, 130 Americans die daily from opioid abuse and overdose. Calls the question, apart from the issues of abuse, there are, of course, very legitimate reasons to use opioids when it comes to pain medication. What becomes problematic, however, is the side effect of just how addictive these types of pain medications can be. And if you are someone who suffers from occasional or maybe even to the point of being chronic pain, uh, you know that it's a challenge trying to find an alternative that is effective and at the same token does not run the risk of addiction. Well, with some insights into some new discoveries in what's kind of been, uh, should we say, under our nose the whole time when it comes to the relief of occasional pain, Dr. Brazos Minshew joins us. He is a neuropathic doctor and nutraceuticals product developer. His cutting-edge work in bioscience has led to the creation of life-enhancing therapies and has helped expand the knowledge and understanding of functional medicine. He's been private clinical practice for some 35 years now. And Dr. Minshew, great to have you join us on the program. It's good to be here this evening. Well, these numbers certainly are very sobering. And for people that say, I don't want to run the risk, I'm in pain, but I know it's not a good idea to use some of these prescription drugs, then they they feel as if, well, I don't have a lot of choices out there. Uh, If you take a medication like uh, ibuprofen, for example, an NSAID, that has side effects like kidney damage. So for frustrated individuals looking for occasional pain relief, I guess a lot of folks feel as if there aren't many options out there. Well, you know, there, there are more options right under our nose, even as you said. 
there are more options than we could possibly imagine. You know, the problem of pain hasn't been solved. If it would have been, then we would just simply stop creating new medications for pain. But there are plant-based medications, again, right in our own kitchen cabinets, that, uh, that can help us reduce the impact of occasional pain. And then there are things that we can do ourselves, power that we have in our own hands to take control of the, the, the pain and discomfort in our lives. And let's talk about some of these natural plant-based alternatives, which, as you point out, uh, science is continuing to sort of uh, roll back the layers of the onion and make new discoveries about things that have been there all along. We just never had made the connection ourselves or never properly put some of these amazing natural plant-based remedies to work in modern medicine. So give us some insights. Yeah, well, we can roll back the clock and say that, that 100 years ago, uh, we used a plant called white willow bark, and uh, physicians and scientists created aspirin from white willow bark. Uh, of course, uh, things like frankincense and myrrh have been used for, uh, since Bible times for pain relief. Uh, even things like, uh, like the, the poppies that they grow all around the world, especially here in California, uh, are very good for pain management and even isolated morphine from, from poppies. Now, we've been hearing an awful lot of talk uh, the last couple of years about the use of cannabis for pain, but what we don't recognize or didn't recognize until now is that many plants that are not cannabis contain the same phytocannabinoid impact on pain. A good example of that is frankincense that we talked about a moment ago. Frankincense has been used since Bible times and has a direct impact on pain, especially on nerve pain. And uh, so uh, it, it, it is something that, that we wouldn't necessarily have that in our kitchen cabinets, but it's still something that has, has been proven to be safe over time and is effective in many cases in helping reduce and relieve pain that is not able to be addressed by any other means. So natural, effective, and yet without a lot of these side effects, because I know with some people, the minute you say cannabis, they think of the, not the CBD side, but the THC side, and they oh no, that's a hallucinogen, <laughs> I'm not interested. But we're really talking about an alternative then that is as effective without the side effects. Yeah, and this is the reason why I created the, the product Comfort is because I'm not comfortable with, uh, with cannabis for, for pain, but I recognize the benefits of this. As a, as a doctor, I recognize the benefits of cannabis for pain, but I wanted, and I call this cannabis without cannabis. Uh, the cannabis without the cannabis philosophy says there are other forms of cannabinoids in other plants. Here's another good one, red pepper. Do you know that obesity will uh, alone will amplify the pain and you'll be more sensitive to pain if you're carrying a few extra pounds? But red pepper, capsicum annuum, not only reduces pain, but also specifically reduces the kind of pain amplified by obesity. And again, these are things that we have all around us that have been used for thousands of years. And certainly you mentioned obesity. Not only does that impact a huge percentile of Americans today, but but it leads me to a question because oftentimes associated with obesity is diabetes. And we know that uh, neuropathic pain associated with diabetes is rampant. And, and one of the arenas that seems to be most frustrating for people trying to find an effective, an effective means of addressing that kind of pain. So you've made reference to comfort. Does that address at all the, the side effects of things like diabetes and the resulting neuropathic pain? Yes, it, it addresses the, the occasional pain. You know, we're not talking about, about somebody who is in a constant state of agony and requires medication, even as you mentioned as we opened the show. But, uh, but for occasional pain, including nerve pain, 
uh, including all forms of pain, what we're dealing with is, is actually our perception of the pain or our interpretation of the pain rather than the pain itself. So, uh, and, and why that's important is that pain can be amplified by things like diabetes, by things like obesity. Even allergies will amplify pain. Even a bad night's sleep will amplify pain. So we try to address all the causes of pain, histamines and, and again, a bad night's sleep and obesity. And we try to, to, to address all of these causes of pain so that we don't experience that occasional pain. So for individuals that, again, as we've mentioned, have concerns, they maybe have been warned by their doctor because of the attending potential uh, kidney damage from NSAIDs, or uh, maybe they have to show a a level of concern over even aspirin because as as effective as it can be used for pain control, there are side effects, including bleeding uh, and ulcers that are not, uh, not all that positive for an individual that has been warned by their doctor to stay away from them. So what you're suggesting then is that comfort can really serve as an alternative to some of these other more um, perhaps historically familiar means of treatment of occasional pain without all the side effects and best of all it's completely natural yes without the historically lethal effects of oh, yes. some of these uh, some of these medications 15 million people a year dying worldwide from opioid addiction uh it's 35 to 40,000 people here in the US will die because of non-steroidal anti-inflammatories the insets it's, it's not just a small problem of occasional gastric bleeding. It's an enormous problem, uh, not just of gastric problems, kidney problems, liver problems. You know, one pain medication is the most common reason for li- liver transplants because it damages the liver so much. And we owe it to ourselves to try something that's going to be at least safe. And, uh, and then we can move our way into the things that we're, we're going to actually tailor or custom tailor our uh, pain relief remedies for ourselves. But we have to start off with something that we know isn't going to kill us. And then let's move into the things that are effective for us as individuals. Now, for the benefit, doctor, of the thousands of people listening right now that say, you've caught my attention, I'm one of those people in that class who has been warned by my doctor, hey, you got to back off the medicine, uh, we don't want you taking aspirin, you can't use ibuprofen, whatever it might be. And I'm not trying to necessarily suggest that, that none of those solutions never work or can't be used occasionally, but there are a lot of people, quite frankly, um, that have used them for an entire lifetime, and now we're finding out the uh, the sad state of the side effects or are simply desirous of finding an alternative means of relieving occasional pain without all these side effects. Folks are curious now, how can they get more information about comfort? Where is it available? Sure, yeah. We have a website. Of course, everybody has a, my dog has a website <laughs> and it's called comfortbyvirgins.com. Comfort by Virgins. Virgins is the name of the company that produced it. And, uh, and we're really talking about taking control of our own destiny. We're talking about our own choices here, our own preferences. It's not just necessarily saying, I can't tolerate the medication, although certainly we have that group of people. But we have to remember, we have the opportunity to choose for ourselves the path we're going to follow. And if we choose plant-based remedies, comfort is a very good choice. Comfort by Virgins is the website, and you can find out all the information you'd like to hear on that site. And, and certainly a wonderful alternative, as we've been discussing, to many of the other more common means of addressing pain that are wrought with so many side effects that uh, sometimes few folks feel as if there are no options. Well, today, there are options. So check it out. Get more information on the web. Comfort, just the way it sounds, comfort 
ComfortByVirgins.com. That's ComfortByVirgins.com. And our thanks to Dr. Brazos Minshew for being with us on that educational moment here on Lifeline. And the proceeding, of course, sponsored in part by our friends at Comfort by Virgins. It is 17 minutes after the hour. And uh, now that we've helped make you more comfortable pain-wise, let's see if there's any comfort out there in the world of traffic. I'm going to guess probably not. Here's an update from the KFAX Traffic Center. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. Welcome back to the conversation. There's a little clip I'm going to play for you. I refer to this uh, every great once in a while on the program when either a politician or, in this case, a whole group of them uh, feigned a degree of shock and surprise that um, is clearly, clearly an attempt to try and say, wait, watch, look over there, and distract you from what's really going on. Uh, Such is the case, this scene again out of Casablanca, a brief exchange between uh, the prefect of police, Captain Renault, and, and Rick. Give a listen. I love it. Everybody is to leave here immediately. This cafe is closed until further notice. Clear the room at once. How can he close me up? On what ground? I'm shocked, shocked to find that gambling is going on in here. You're winning, sir. Oh, thank you very much. Everybody out at once. Yeah, shocked to find out there's gambling going on here. Yeah, of course you are. Much like uh, recently, uh, Governor Gavin Newsom is shocked, shocked to find out that gas prices in California are high. Failing fully to recognize that one of the reasons why our fair state has the second highest gas tax in the entire country and on average about a dollar eighteen more per gallon in California than any other state in the union is not because there's some deep, dark mystery behind this that we need to have an investigative team look into. In fact, it is the governor and the California state legislature that's caused this problem in the first place. Joining me now is Ron Stein, founder and ambassador for energy and infrastructure with PTS Advance. And uh, I guess um, much like um, <laughs> like Captain Raynaud, Governor, um, Governor Newsom is just shocked, shocked to find out that California has high gas prices. Craig, I'm shocked that he's shocked. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me a bit about exactly what's going on. I understand that uh, uh, the governor, along with members of the California state legislature, I guess as we're seeing gasoline flirting with you know, $450, $475, $5 a gallon once again, um, that, that they want to get to the bottom of why California has such high gas prices. Tell us what's going on, Ron. Well, as you mentioned, Craig, we do have uh, the second-highest gas tax in the country, and we also have a lot of environmental regulations and fees that are basically dumped onto the posted price at the pump. Uh, you've got the cap-and-trade, or you know, cap-and-trade help pay for the choo-choo train, and we have uh, low-carbon fuel standards and you know, a bunch of others, and these costs, just the manufacturers just pick it up initially, and they just transfer it off to the working class. So it's the people paying at the pump. And because it's posted at the pump, it differentiates gas from everything else you buy. Everything else you buy, it's price plus tax. We had clothes, computers, cars, price plus tax, except fuel. 
But most of the price of the fuel includes everything. State tax, federal tax, excise tax, all the environmental regulations they're applying, and they're just dumping more and more on that. And, and of course, that that's, that uh, sort of um, economic sleight of hand is not by accident. I mean, uh, can you imagine, I think far few of us would be happy to pay uh, the restaurant bill, for example, if we didn't differentiate between the cost of food, cost of beverages, what the sales tax would be, and what the uh, tip would be. There's full disclosure on that. California has some of the most stringent rules when it comes to disclosures in lending, buy it a, be it a car or a house. You have to know every single little detail about the last penny of why and where your money is being spent. So why is it, Ron, that California has evaded this notion of full disclosure so that when folks go to the pump, they know fully what it is that they're paying for? Craig, you're right. Um, the posted price of the pump does not have the transparency. So last year, Senator John Morlock from Orange County sponsored a bill for me because I was basically saying, hey, we're paying an extra buck a gallon. Why not be transparent to the public? Let them know where it's all going, all the different taxes, all the different environmental regulations, and be transparent. Let the public know. So he put out a bill, SB 1074. He and I were up there testifying before the Democratic Control Committee, and to my shock and amazement, I thought this was a no-brainer, be transparent to the public, let them know. To my amazement, the Democratic Controlled Committee was adamant they did not want the public to know those details and killed the bill. Well, and now you got the wait, wait. Now you got the Attorney General wants an investigation. What's going on? The Governor wants an investigation. What's going on? And it's their own party that doesn't want the public to know. Well, and, 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 you know, there's part of what they don't want the public to know that, that probably is a great deal of uh, self-preservation. I mean, for example, I was, um, uh, I can't say surprised, but at least disappointed to find out that, uh, as we've talked about, we need to have higher um, excise taxes associated with gasoline here in California because look at the condition that our roads are in. And anybody who's driven parts of 880 or the 101 here in the Bay Area know how dismal they are. I was in South America three weeks ago. Their ra- roads are considerably better than ours here in the United States. And, and, and yet, between 2007 and 2010... California diverted $1.3 billion from transportation, from the money that is collected from gasoline taxes that is earmarked to be spent dealing with transportation in California. Instead, what did we do? We took $1.3 billion and diverted it to other programs. And, of course, did those programs ever pay back to the Department of Transportation those monies? No, of course not. So I guess a lot of this comes down to, Ron, that if there were full disclosure, California voters would really understand the the game of uh, hide-and-seek uh, or, or uh, you know, hide, hide the marble underneath the three cups or, uh, on the table trick that's being paid here on California taxpayers and drivers. You're right. You're right. When, when this tax came up for infrastructure... Uh, I took the position that, my God, we're already paying an extra buck a gallon. We, we should already have the best infrastructure in the country. But they added another 12 cents, you know, onto all that stuff and, you know, diverted to uh, the pet projects. And you're right, it, it's, it's not transparent to the public. And I think that's, that's a shame. And I'm not sure why they, they took that position. I, I had to go into therapy after I had the interview. 
Undoubtedly so. If you've just joined us, Ron Stein is with us. He is founder and ambassador for energy and infrastructure at PTS Advance. We're talking about a new call by Governor Gavin Newsom, who is demanding that there be an investigation into the high cost of gasoline here in California. And it's interesting. When the constituents begin to yell and we say, we're not feeling the love, it's costing way too much, the the cost of automobile registration continues to increase. Bridges go up virtually every year. Now we see this alarming rate. And you've paid gasoline in the last three, four weeks. Have you seen what's happened to it? I mean, there's so many reasons in the Bay Area, San Francisco in particular. It's flirting with $5 a gallon. Really? And And yet... We don't really understand what's going on here because California has conveniently kept the truth from California drivers and taxpayers. Well, we're about to pull the lid back on that. We'll do so more after the break as we continue our visit with Ron Stein, talking about a call by the governor to investigate why gas prices are as high as they are in California. I'm going to suggest the governor get a mirror, and if he's listening... We'll give him time to go do that while we talk a bit about uh, the, the result of gasoline and what it does to our roads. Here's an update now on your ride home this Wednesday from the KFAX Traffic Center. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. There's a major curiosity going on, and we need to have Sherlock Holmes on the case. <laughs> At least that's what the governor is suggesting. The governor would like to get to the bottom as to why California is paying such high gas prices and why they're higher than the rest of the country. Now, there's a couple of realities here that I think we need to look at. Supply and demand is certainly one of them. We're coming into a busy travel season. It would be apparent that perhaps, perhaps, winter is behind us. We're here in June. School's out, if not soon, already. And folks are beginning to think about summer vacation time. And, of course, with that, uh, there is the so-called summer gas formula, And as we're discussing with our guest, Ron Stein, who is the ambassador for energy and infrastructure and founder of PTS Advance, uh, Ron, this is also another reason why gasoline becomes higher during the summer and higher in California, because it is, is it not federally mandated or at least state mandated that California has to switch over to the so-called summer blend of gasoline that imparts another two to four cents per gallon of expense paid for directly by the consumer? It's a state mandate. Uh, but there's also a lot of other pressures on fuel. You have to remember, California, we're an energy island. We're separated from the rest of the country by the Sierra Mountains. There's no pipelines over the Sierra Mountains. So all the fuel manufactured in California is consumed in California. So it's, it's very relevant that all 12 refineries maintain their operability. You know, if one goes down, it puts a lot of pressure on supply and demand. California is consuming, are you ready for this, 65 million gallons of fuel a day. Wow. A day. There's 13 million gallons being consumed at aviation, all the different airports, 10 million gallons of diesel, and 42 million gallons of gasoline. Now, 42 million gallons of gasoline sounds like a lot of fuel. 
It's got 35 million registered vehicles. So it's really like a gallon per vehicle. So it's it's a lot of fuel, and it's like I said, it's manufactured every day and consumed every day in the most environmentally controlled location in the world, right here in California. So we're we're here, we're locked in, and uh, you know to bring in from outside source, it ain't going to work. The governor, you know, besides trying to get John Morlock to reintroduce that Senate Bill 1074, and he could sign it and answer his own question about transparency. The uh, the big pressure by the HMD, they would just well have the refinery industry out of California. Now, if one of those refineries goes down or anything goes down, two things are going to happen. One, you're going to increase greenhouse gases because all the fuel that we consume here in California must be manufactured in a different state or different country that doesn't have the same environmental controls we have. And by the way, we breathe their air too. And in addition to that, there would be increased costs because now you're going to have to import that fuel into the state instead of manufacturing it here. So if you thought prices were high before, wait till they start importing the fuel into the country, into the state of mean. Yeah, I would imagine so. And then when you couple with that, as we've been discussing, all of these hidden taxes, so we've got a, um, a cost per gallon of tax the, the California excise tax, which is what? I've been having a hard time finding the exact number. Am I correct in saying, uh, Ron, that it's about to jump to 47 cents per gallon come July? I believe it is. There's, there's a couple other things you ought to be aware of, too, because the low-carbon fuel standard and cap-and-trade, those two regulations are just kicking into high gear. What do you mean by high gear? They're becoming more and more difficult to meet. Because as the coming years uh, approach us, the carbon intensity of the fuel is required to be reduced, reduced, reduced. And so those two standards, just those two standards alone in the coming years, by themselves, may add an extra dollar or two dollars. And again, that is not transparent to the public. No, it's not. And the fact that on top of the excise tax, there's the state sales tax that's in there. And, uh, you know, the cost of goods, you know, we, we talk about the, the potential um, trade wars here um, impacting the cost of goods across the country. Uh, California, as you've alluded to, Ron, it's a big state. And one of the most effective means we have to move products around the state of California is on California roads. The companies that uh, are involved in shipping and trucking pay 67 cents a gallon in excise taxes for diesel. So, my goodness, you know, they continue to to add taxes on and on and on. Uh, What's going to happen once we see some of these other initiatives, as you say, go into full swing in relationship to cap and trade? Um, It literally is going to stifle potentially the entire economy of California. You're right. Uh, Australia, they just uh, had an election, and ironically, the uh, I'll say the Green movement was very confident they were going to win by a landslide and continue all the costs being thrown out to the working class. And to their shock and amazement, the working class went to the voting booths and threw them out. So we've had enough of this stuff. And uh, yeah, so I, I hopefully California will reach that point, uh, you know, there's no reason to riot. You just have to go to the uh, polls, you know, at the next election and elect candidates that will be transparent to the public. 
Now, while there's a bit of a dog and pony showing going on with, uh, you know, the governor, I'm shocked, shocked to find out there's high prices in gasoline here in California. You mentioned about the, the bill that got shot down in committee. Is there a chance of reviving that again and, and getting it before a full vote? It's. I think the window of opportunity is gone for this year because uh, all the bills are in process. For next year, it could be you know reintroduced, and it could be reintroduced as it is. And if it gets through the committee, then it'll be up to the governor to sign it. And if he's shocked, hey, sign it. You know, be transparent. Let the public know. Well, ironically, if a bill like this had, had already been passed and was California law, none of us would have to worry or wonder about what is exactly the breakdown in our price per gallon, because it would be a state law to have to post all that information uh, at the price point at the pumps. You're right. You put a lot of pressure on the politicians. Why is this going on? <laughs> but right now, the, the posted price at the pump is a dumping ground. Any, you know, they pick on the manufacturers, but you know, don't blame the manufacturers. They're going to double the cost to make fuel. It's not going to cost the manufacturers anything. They're going to just transfer it off to the, uh, the working class. So, and if they put more money in the gas tank, that's less money they can put, you know, out to you know buy foods or go out to eat or go to the movies, and it's it affects everything. Yeah, yeah. The truckers. If it costs more to get the tomatoes to the market price of food goes up. That's my whole point. I mean, at the end of the day, uh, we end up uh, as consumers all paying a significantly higher price. And so much of it is because, as I suggested to you in the beginning of our conversation with Ron Stein, we're paying the second highest gasoline tax in the entire country. And when you you couple that with the the formulation requirements, uh, meaning the winter versus... Pardon me. The the summer formula and the uh, fact that we pay sales tax and we pay tax on top of the top of the tax. That's interesting too. Uh, for the longest time, we had regulations that said you cannot tax the tax. But all of a sudden, here in California, we put a excise tax of so many cents. I think we we determined it's going to go up to forty seven cents a gallon in July. It's like forty five and change now. Um, and then once we've added the excise tax on that. Then we're going to come back and we're going to charge you a sales tax on top of that. And then everything gets rolled into that that final price that you pay at the pump. But you have no idea uh, what a significant proportion of this is all related to just taxes put on first at the federal level and then here at the state level. And as Ron Stein has suggested, um, if the governor wants full transparency, wants to fully understand what's going on here, maybe he needs to take a look at his own laws and his own state legislature first. Um, Ron, we appreciate your time here today. If folks want to continue to, to follow this and be involved in, in letting uh, their member of the California state legislature know what they feel about this, uh, where, where can you direct folks? Well, obviously, Senator Morlock's office would be the first step to uh, encourage him to reintroduce the bill and, you know, let the Democrats make the decision if they want to, you know, process it through or if they want to defeat it again. All right. Sounds like good advice. Well, Ron Stein, we appreciate the time and uh, your insights today. Ron Stein, founder and ambassador for energy and infrastructure with PTS Advance. Love to see if they go through with this investigation. (laughs) what the governor says, they come back and conclude, well, Mr. Governor, one of the reasons why gas prices are so high in California is because of the California State Legislature. 
No surprise there. All right. Our thanks again to Ron Stein. We're coming up on 15 away from the hour. We have our uh, second installment of our new Bible study series, focusing on the Freedom Challenge, 60 Days to Untie the Cords that Bind You. Pastor and author Don Scott Damon joins us next as Lifeline continues. Time now for an update on traffic and the latest from the KFAX Traffic Center. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. In your life, have you ever had others tell you or suggest that you're worthless, of no value, ignorant, maybe someone who's suffered the hands of an abuser and you've been made to feel as if somehow you deserved it? Well, these negative identities simply don't reflect the way God sees us, especially through the eyes of Christ. And yet... It's Satan's goal to create these damaging deceptions in our own minds and in the process render us helpless and with the perception that we're worthless. We continue now in our series with special guest Don Scott Damon looking at the Freedom Challenge, 60 Days to Untie the Cords that Bind You. And Don, great to have you back on the program. Well, thank you so much. Wow, that opening just causes my heart to start pounding because it's so powerful. The um, Man, the distortion that Satan has on us as believers. So thank you for doing this. I'm excited about what people are going to hear today. This is, I think, very critical Bible study series for everyone, every individual who at one form, one stage or another in their life has been subjected mm-hmm. to this kind of abuse. It might be at the hands of a parent or a partner or a boss, whoever it is in your life that had enough influence and enough control over you to hammer away at these messages, ultimately leading to feelings of inferior, inferiority, of, of self-doubt, mm-hmm. of no worth. And then I guess at the end of the day, the, the big question as we sort of create this negative identity is, well, no wonder we behave badly. We've been taught to think badly. Absolutely. And we can never rise above the belief system that we have or the opinions or the feelings that we have about ourselves. And even if we do find some success for a season or a time, so often we end up sabotaging ourselves because, you know, the brain likes continuity. And if the brain believes that I'm bad and I don't deserve anything and I'm unworthy, just like you said, but we start doing some positive things, that's incongruent. So we end up sabotaging ourselves because we have to have harmony. And so without a true identity based on Scripture, who God says we are, um, so many of us are formed by our thoughts and what we believe about ourselves, and we perform um, as a result of that. And and sadly, and this is, I think, an important point as we kind of uh, establish this new Bible study series, sadly, many people, I think, erroneously are under the misperception 
that their identity is somehow wrapped up in their experiences, um, who they are in life, the things that we do, the things that have been done to us. I mean, if you ask the average individual, uh, tell me about you, they will typically respond with um, identity that's tied into their job, for example. So they get a sense of fulfillment in that arena, but they also get a sense of their value and worth in that. But I wonder, from a biblical perspective, is that really the proper way to view ourselves based on what we do, who we know, or what's happened to us? Yes, of course not. Our identity, and I struggled with this too, and I know so many people, how many of us haven't struggled, with my identity equals what I do. My identity equals my labels or my titles. But the reality is, is we are the sum total of the cross of Jesus Christ that God created us in his image, that beautiful image was distorted and stolen by the enemy, by Satan, and that Jesus redeemed us and purchased it back. So now we have relationship back with God, but also we are to reclaim our rulership, our identity, who we are, 100% righteous, 100% of the time not based on what we do, not based on how much money we make. We know that not even based, again, on how we feel or what those thoughts tell us. We have millions of thoughts every day. And if we believe those thoughts, if we are driven by those thoughts, uh, they form our futures. But if they're not based on truth or reality, we're going to find ourselves in a place that says, oh, I'm doing this, I'm... I've created this mess, I'm unworthy, because we were listening to the wrong thing and not what God teaches about our identity. So we really have a a dichotomy at play here. On one hand, we acknowledge as believers that Christ's work on the cross affords us not only a a brand new position in life and, and certainly in death, and that, um, as as God reminds us, our sins are, as uh, in his memory, from the east is, from the west in terms of distance. Mm-hmm. Old mm-hmm. things pass away. We become a new creation in Christ Jesus. And yet somehow so many people seem to be stuck. They give mental assent to what Scripture says. And yet what is it? Is, is it a matter from your experience, Don, that people have been subjected to to the negativity for so long that it's almost like a brainwashing, that it takes time to sort of unlearn those bad thought patterns and and the way we view ourselves? Yes, sure. And I'm not a a brain scientist here, but I've been learning a lot about this, and we know that there are pathways that our brain creates. And so thinking is a habit. Thinking can actually even be an addiction. We can be addicted to thinking negative thoughts. I know one girl that it was her shtick, if you will, to be to be negative, to be a kind of a satire and comic. But the reality was that she was living out a self-fulfilled prophecy based on the way she talked to herself and what she believed about herself. And so her brain automatically and very easily went to the negative. And God wants us to rebuild our minds and renew our minds, right? That sounds familiar. Renewing our mind and transforming our lives by taking our thoughts, making them captive to Christ, and putting in new data, new input, rewiring, breaking those old thought patterns and recreating new thought patterns. 
meditating on the truth. I am a child of God. I'm an heir to Jesus Christ. I'm a citizen of heaven. I am flawlessly designed. I am a masterpiece. I am whole. I am beautiful. I am well in Jesus' name. These are labels that God gives us freedom to say, that's who you are. Claim that identity. Don't say, I wish I could be different, or one day I hope to be different. No, I am different. I intend to live different. Get that mindset that I am going to live my life based on Scripture, not on experiences, thoughts, beliefs, but on what God's Word says. And and this change in how we view ourselves, how how we see our sense of self-worth, self-value, identity in Christ— this really is a process, isn't it? And, and I ask that question, Don, because so often, um, particularly with new believers that have gone through traumatic experiences, they read passages in Scripture, they hear what the preacher says from the pulpit, that you're a new creature in Christ Jesus, behold, all things pass away, everything has become new. And they think on that for a moment and say, well, you know, I, I thought that way yesterday, but here I am today, and I still feel pretty miserable about myself, so therefore it must not work, or therefore what I was told all those years about my lack of value, my lack of worth, how horrible I was, must really be true. Is the failure there mm-hmm. our failure to recognize that we have been subjected to years of, what's the phrase, of stinking thinking? <laughs> And so it's going to take time that we have to, we've got to engage in a process of replacing the bad thought patterns with new thought patterns, and this takes time? Yeah, thank you for saying that. That's why I wanted it to be a 60-day challenge in the Bible study that we're doing right now, because we need to create a new habit. And science now tells us we know that the, the 21 days to make a habit, that's not actually accurate. It's really over a couple of months, so they, they say 66 days. Or For me, we chose 60 days. Every day, 60 days in a row, a routine, a habit of reading Scripture, replacing our old thoughts with the truth of God, taking away the negative, and, and, and not just trying to rid ourselves of old thoughts, but adding and putting in and replacing the words of Jesus, um, so that those thoughts begin to shape, form, and transform the way we start thinking, the what we start believing. That Word of God bubbles up within us. Now I've created a habit, and as you said, this process now that I've been undergoing, this cognitive restoration that my brain doesn't automatically go to the negative or the devalued thoughts or the distorted thoughts, but but now all of a sudden I'm getting interrupted. My pattern is getting interrupted. The Word of God is clear in my mind, and, and the supernatural takes over where the Holy Spirit starts to remind you what you just read and what you just meditated on. You're going to see that your identity begins to uh, become a reality to you as it isn't not based on feelings, but accepting the truth. I choose to believe what God says about me, regardless how I feel, regardless what somebody spoke over me, regardless what I speak over myself. 
God's word is truth, and that trumps everything. The new book released by Redemption Press called The Freedom Challenge, 60 Days to Untie the Cords That Bind You. Its author, our guest on our ongoing Bible study series here on KFAX, Don Scott Damon. A brief time out, back with more as Lifeline continues. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.